Hello everyone and welcome to this week's podcast with me Gail from Sober Bliss. It's been a while actually since I've done a solo podcast. So I suppose we could say this month's podcast and we are in October. So that means it's Sober October if you are taking part. And I'm recording this as we come to the end of the first week of October. So I thought I'd share with you some ideas on how to feel good this sober October if you're struggling. And even if you're not, we all need different ways to help us feel good. Sometimes we need a little bit of help, support and encouragement, especially if we're not feeling great, which I'm actually not this morning, to be honest. Just a little update for you. We are in the middle of trying to move and it seems that we're just being presented with issue after issue with Spanish authorities and their love of paperwork. They do say that moving house is one of the most stressful things you can do and honestly they're not wrong because we're also trying to move country with no home of our own to move into. So I need this podcast today probably as much as you do. The 10 things I'm going to talk about are focusing on how good you feel, do things that you love, add movement to your day, make self-care a priority, fuel your body, embrace nature, indulge in treats, prioritize your sleep, create time and space and finally a great way to feel good is to journal your journey. And the tips I'm going to share with you today uh, have been taken from my new book which is called Sober Bliss, Quit Drinking, Feel Good and it will be out very very soon. And the book takes you on a journey to feel good sobriety. Because in my opinion, to make living alcohol-free enjoyable, sustainable, and above all, something to feel good about, it's important that we try and make it as lovely an experience as possible. So if you are committing to a month off alcohol, if you're sober curious and have decided that this is it for you, then the 10 things that I'm going to share with you will inspire you and motivate you and hopefully encourage you no matter where you are on your on your chosen path. So before I dive into explaining in more detail what those 10 things are, um, I want to share a couple of updates. So you did hear me talk about my new book just there and I'm so excited to tell you that at the time of recording this podcast, which is Friday the 6th of October at 11am, my book is undergoing some final tweaks and will hopefully be available to buy very soon. And by that I mean a matter of weeks, so like really, really soon, which is amazing. And exciting. And I'm going to leave all the information in the show notes because as soon as it's available, of course, I'm going to tell you 
where you can buy it. And it's going to be such a great companion for you throughout Sober October and beyond. And the second little update that I've got for you is if you've been on my email list a while, you know that I regularly send out newsletters and obviously I write blogs and this podcast. But I've decided, or I needed rather, to start writing about other things, a broader range of topics given, you know, the circumstances over the past many months. Um, so I've decided to start a Substack publication where you can read a lot more in-depth and maybe some more personal life updates from me. My Substack is called The Shadow of a Butterfly. Um, and you can head over to Substack. I'll put the link in the in the show notes. But basically, since obviously March this year and we lost our son, I've needed a space to write about different things. So my Substack is a place for me to hopefully write and heal and grow and explore a bit more about what's going on. And it's not all going to be directly related to sobriety, alcohol-free living. It's going to be much more. So if you're interested in reading you know, a bit more about me, my life, what I'm going through, um, then head on over to Substack. There are different options. I write twice weekly. There will be voice notes and other ways that you can get more goodness. So now that I've talked to you a little bit about those two very important things, let's dive into 10 things to help you feel good this sober October. So number one is focus on how good you feel. And this is actually very true for me this morning because instead of, it's gratitude, isn't it really? Instead of focusing on the good things, the nice things, the fact that I'm up here recording this for you, I slept okay last night. I've had many cups of tea this morning, which is so good. We often focus on, you know, the fact that maybe we are struggling, or it's raining, or I'm not drinking, or I'm tired, you know? Um, And focusing on those negative things generally don't help us to feel good. So no matter how you're feeling, I promise if you spend a little bit of time, that can even be, you know, a couple of seconds switching your focus and focusing on how good it feels to wake up not hungover. How delicious does it feel to get into bed having not had a drink that day? How lovely is it to be fully present with your family when you're out walking, when you're just in nature, enjoying a cup of tea, all of those lovely things are worth paying attention to. And it is like gratitude. You know, when you focus on the good, 
when you focus on the nice things, the positive things, then naturally you notice more of them. And it's like they are magnetized to you and they start to flow in. And you do feel better. So if you focus on feeling good, then you will start to feel better, I promise. So pay attention, be mindful and look out for those good feelings as often as you can. Which leads me into number two, which is do things that you love. Now there's a whole chapter in my book about this and there is a podcast about this as well, specifically, which I will point you to in the show notes. But doing something that you love will absolutely help you to tune into those feel-good feelings. And unfortunately, it's very common for us to not prioritize our own needs in this way, to not prioritize doing things that we want to do often enough. So I'd like for you to make this month um, a month of being a little bit selfish. Remember that you are doing a wonderful thing. It's challenging. It's hard to go alcohol free. So anything that you can do to make it feel nicer and more enjoyable is really important. So make an effort to do the things that you love more often. Or even try something new. And it's sad that, you know, I'm encouraging you to make an effort to do something that you love. Because really, we should be aiming to do things that we love as often as possible. Now, you might not know what it is, actually, that you want to do. You might have forgotten what lights you up. Which is very common when we get our pleasure from drinking. We can you know, forget what it is that we like to do. And it can be tricky to pick something. So what I would encourage you to do is to um, write a list. Start by writing a list. I do this with my clients all the time. Sit down with a cup of tea, obviously, and just start writing. And just let your imagination flow and pick something one thing from the list and make an effort to do it today tomorrow maybe the next day start small pick one thing and take it from there and I promise you by the end of October well even the end of this week if you do one thing you're going to feel so much better one of those things that you might choose to do is adding more movement to your day which is number three Because nothing makes you feel better or lifts your mood like a bit of movement or exercise. You probably heard people say, I didn't get sober to sit on the sofa. And while I did actually spend two months sitting on the sofa when I first quit drinking, it wasn't my plan to stay there. (laughs) And I haven't. I haven't stayed there. And it's so true. We don't get sober to sit on the sofa. So if you can, and I think the weather's pretty good at the moment, wherever you are, but even if it's not, I'll tell you what you can do. Yeah, so get out there, do some exercise. Even if it's just 20 or 30 minutes a day, I promise it will lift your spirits. 
exercise releases endorphins and creates a natural high. And if the weather's not kind, which, let's face it, if we're in England, it's often not kind, then there are other things that you can do. So you can go to the gym, for example. You can dance around your kitchen. You can even do housework, some chores, you know, like organising your wardrobe, having a clear out, declutter, organise your books, anything. We're talking movement here, not necessarily formal exercise. So anything that gets you off the sofa, moving around for a little bit, is going to make you feel amazing. Which brings me on to point number four, making self-care a priority Because exercise and movement is also a very important part of our self-care. And prioritizing self-care activities is more than just, you know, ticking things off a list. It encourages us to put ourselves first. You know, if you prioritize your self-care, it shows yourself that you care about yourself which is such a powerful message and again unfortunately it often gets overlooked we overlook ourselves so actively engaging in self-care activities is not just a good way you know to feel good it also helps to improve your self-esteem and your relationship with yourself because the two are deeply intertwined and super important to work on when you're not drinking and remember that self-care is a practice so that means creating routines and rituals that you love which will allow you to focus on yourself every day and doing regular activities that will nourish you and every part of your life We're not talking hours and hours necessarily. Just simple things that you can add into your day. Which means that you are prioritizing your self-care. Daily walks, for example, are a form of self-care. Getting enough sleep is self-care. Yes, bowl baths and spa days are also forms of self-care. And I would encourage you to do at least one of those things this month. But also, you know, going to the dentist, the doctors, getting your checkups, eating well. That's all self-care too. Basically looking after yourself like you would, you know, a child, partner, parents. Because you are deserving of that care as well. So plan your self-care activities first and make sure that you do meet your own needs before you start running around after other people. Which brings me lovely on to number five, which is to fuel your body. As I said, eating well is self-care. So when we stop drinking, we often reach for treats you know like I did cake chocolate ice cream all those kind of things which is 
nice and lovely but it's not always the best most sensible thing to do and actually what we put into our bodies especially in the beginning stages of not drinking is really helpful to make us feel better in my podcast with the wonderful sober nutritionist and i leave a link to that episode We talked about the number one thing that you can eat to help with cravings, withdrawal and energy dips when we stop drinking. And that is protein. So eating the right amount of protein this month, as I said, will have a really powerful effect and help you to feel so much better than you probably otherwise would. Because protein helps fill us up, so we're not reaching for those Uh, sugary snacks and it helps to stabilize everything you know you don't get that high and then the crash therefore our mood is stable and we don't experience as many cravings so I would encourage you to try and increase your protein this month and it you know it's not necessarily steak and chips because protein Rich foods include things like beans, lentils, nuts and seeds, obviously lean meats, poultry and fish, but eggs as well, um, and lower fat milk and dairy products. So if you're not sure, do a search and find protein-rich foods that you enjoy that you could easily add to your diet. You will feel so much better promise and actually because protein fills us up we're less likely to snack which helps with the weight loss and also the energy so very powerful next thing that I always turn to when I need to feel better or feel good is obviously spending time in nature and I've talked about this a lot And in my book, there's a whole chapter dedicated to the healing power of nature. And I wrote that with the help of my friend and life coach, Nikki Gabriel. Nikki specializes in midlife women. And she's an amazing coach who does much of her coaching in nature. And obviously, she tells me that there's something magical and calming and soothing when we spend time in nature because it can really support us like nothing else can. October is a wonderful month to be outside if you wrap up and you are prepared for the weather. (laughs) Don't let a bit of rain or a bit of cold put you off. Honestly, the autumn colours and just the smell of it and the feel of it is just so calming and soothing and magical. And it's a great time to get outside. So walking in nature, just being in nature is going to help you with your mood, obviously. Getting away from the house, if you're having a craving, will you know, automatically help you feel better. Pounding the pavement with a podcast or a nature walk, whatever that might be, you know, you don't have to go far even 
You don't have to go to the beach or the woods necessarily. You can just take a walk around your town or village or even just sit in the garden if you can't go anywhere. Um, And you'll still get all of those wonderful benefits of being in nature. So I would encourage you to do that as much as you can. The next thing I want you to think about is indulging in treats. I know I said about cake and chocolate and ice cream. You know, you don't have to stop eating them, but do see them as a treat and factor in lots of treats this month. Because honestly, it's not the time for depriving yourself or missing out on anything. In fact, you want to do the opposite and make this month really special and indulgent. And that doesn't mean stuffing your face with cake all the time. It can be just simple things that I'll tell you about in a second. Because we want to affirm that not drinking is a brilliant life choice. And if you feel good about not drinking, then it's going to be easier to keep up. And one of the ways to feel good about not drinking is to treat yourself in other ways. So go all in in your treats and rewards. October, as I said, is a lovely month for getting outside. It's also a lovely month for going, you know, the other way and making your your room, your house, a bit of a, a sanctuary with scented candles, jumpers drink hot chocolate, wear the cosy socks, you know, the blankets, buy new books, fill your room with fairy lights, all of those cosy, scandy kind of touches will really help to bring about that feeling of cosiness and comfort and safety, which is part of sobriety. And celebrate every tricky moment celebrate yourself often whenever you got through a craving or you managed to work through a trigger or you just got through some stress without reaching for a drink then celebrate yourself with a little treat or a reward and they can be anything as I said not necessarily food but new socks um, a new book lipstick a lie-in, an early night, a a special walk, a fancy whatever, you know, be um, a little bit creative and imaginative and find ways to treat yourself and find something that means a lot to you and it will help affirm that you are doing this wonderful, amazing thing. Number eight is prioritizing sleep. Now, if you're like me, you consider having a nap as a bit of a treat or a reward. So there's something that you can do straight away. And sleep is important. And when we get, uh, when we quit drinking, rather, our sleep can be disrupted, which is really annoying because we often think, yay, I'm not going to wake up at 3 a.m. anymore. But then we find out. We do wake up in the night still or we have trouble sleeping. 
because our body's detoxing, we're going through withdrawal, our patterns are all over the place. So our sleep can be disrupted, especially if, you know, we're used to falling asleep with alcohol, those nightcaps. And I would encourage you to be patient and prioritize your sleep habits and sleep hygiene. So make it more of a thing. In other words, prioritize proper bedtime routines, you know, winding down properly at bedtime. Make your bedroom a sanctuary. Really splash out. Again, this is going to be your treat or reward on little touches that are going to make your bedroom a nice place to be. Get rid of the clutter. Leave your devices out of the bedroom, you know, phones and laptops and those kind of things. Um, Because our bedroom can also offer or it can be a safe place that we don't associate with drinking. So even if you're not, you know, in bed fast asleep, you can still go there and relax and rest, which is a wonderful thing if all day you're running around. And it will help you to just recover, I suppose, and have a bit of a breather, which is why naps are really important as well. So think about sleep as, you know, not just something that you do, but make it a lovely experience so it does become easier to get to sleep without the alcohol. And this kind of ties in with number nine, which is creating time and space for yourself. One of the reasons that I used to drink, and probably you too, was to escape you know, to get away from the world, to retreat into ourselves and have a bit of peace and quiet. And numbing out and disappearing into a bottle or a glass is often the only way that we know how to get that me time. Which is why time and space, alone time especially, is one of the things that we do crave the most and it can give us the most joy and pleasure when we really make that a priority and it is difficult to achieve however when we do achieve it when we do manage to have time and space just for ourselves it is in those moments of stillness that we can really begin to connect with ourselves uninterrupted we can lean in we can listen we start to get to know ourselves and figure things out which as I said kind of ties in with the sleep bit and prioritizing that and making our bedrooms a sanctuary because obviously we haven't got random rooms in our houses that we can turn into I don't know meditation rooms or yoga studios so if you can snatch a little bit of space in your room if you can create a lovely atmosphere then it's somewhere you can go and feel calm and connected and it's not just the space 
you know, the physical space, but it's also the time. So there's no good having this lovely room if you just literally go there, get into bed and then get up again, leave the room straight away the next morning. I'd like you to try and carve out a bit of physical space, a bit of physical time um, and spend that alone. So that can be in your lovely bedroom. It can be on a walk. It can be in the kitchen with noise cancelling headphones on or something. So time and space, just for you, if you can, they're going to really help make you feel so much better. And the last thing, which brings all of what I've talked about together, is to journal your journey. Because something magical happens when the ink meets the page and we pour out onto paper our hopes, dreams, thoughts and ideas. Even our rants and raves and complaining. It's better out on the page than in. And journaling in sobriety is such a powerful tool that can help transform everything that you're thinking and feeling you know your fears your worries even your ideas and inspiration into something you can work with simply by getting them out of your head and onto the page it creates that sense of structure that organization and it frees up your mind actually for other things At the very core of journaling is the practice of getting to know yourself deeper and discovering why you drink, your beliefs around drinking and what's happening in your life. And there's nothing better actually than looking back after, it doesn't have to be long, a couple of days, a week and just seeing how far you've come. Regularly checking in with yourself on your journey reminding yourself of how well you're doing how good it feels the little challenges or the big challenges that you manage to overcome are really powerful and going to help you feel so much better the more time goes by so I would encourage you if you haven't already to go and get a lovely journal or notebook and begin now to Start writing about what you're going through and how it's going to help you. If you want some proper journal prompts for sobriety, then I have created a little workbook that you can download for free. I'll put the link in the show notes. And it's some of my most powerful journal prompts for sobriety. Again, taken from my book. And at the end of my book, every chapter, there are journal prompts for you to think about and ponder and help with your journey. Because journaling is so powerful and so helpful. So that's your homework, I guess. Go and buy yourself a little journal and download the journal prompts for sobriety. And make yourself a priority this month. Remember all of the 10 things, journaling, time and space, 
time alone, sleep, treats, very important, nature, eating well, self-care, which is huge, adding movement to your day, doing things that you love and coming back to how good all of this makes you feel. I really hope that you try two or three at least of the things that I shared with you today and let me know how you get on. Let me know the difference that they make and I really hope that they do help you to feel good this sober October and beyond, of course. So that's it for me today and let me know how you get on and I'll speak to you very soon. Bye for now.